This is Cowrie 97.5 FM, Abbey Okata, and I'm Jackie Wilson Battle. Good morning and welcome to the Reset Bulletin on Cowrie 97.5 FM, Abbey Okata. My name is Willie Thomas. It's not a pleasant day because we drove out this morning to Okelewo to an ATM machine at a commercial bank next to the country's Apex Bank. And we were shocked to see the security guards on duty helping customers on the ATM machines, and none of them wore a face mask. Two bank guards, and they had no face mask on. All the customers who came onto the ATM machines had no face masks on. This was the public. So if corporate organizations cannot enforce simple COVID-19 containment rules, how do we expect Iyabeji, who sells fish at Omida Market, to obey the rules? The situation may not be any different in other parts of the world. Liverpool fans have been breaking containment rules to celebrate football victory of their team as the World Health Organization sounded another alarm that the pandemic was growing worse. COVID-19 infection figures worldwide have topped 9.5 million with 4.8 million recoveries and 480,000 deaths recorded. The United States say as many as 20 million citizens may be infected by the new coronavirus. The state of Texas has reimposed stringent containment rules while there's concern in India as COVID-19 cases shoot up. And now to our feature story this morning. South African journalist and executive director of the African Pangolin Working Group, APWG, Alexis Creel, is joining us this morning to shed more light on the pangolins and the latest buzz from China about the status of the world's most trafficked mammal. Since China announced that it was scaling pangolins to Class A on its protection status list, conservationists have had issues with interpreting what the announcement really means. All of these and more when we meet Alexis Creole. You're tuned to Kauri 97.5 FM, Abelkuta. This is the Reset Bulletin. My name is Willie Thomas. My friend, longest time. Uh, keep your distance. Are we currently? Haven't you heard that coronavirus has entered Nigeria and people are contracting the virus every day? But I use hand sanitizer to clean my hand. I can't contract it. That's a good step, but it's not enough. No handshakes, no hugging. Practice physical distancing by simply increasing the space between you and other people to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Truth is, stay at home. I'm only out because I came to buy food items for emergency. You have to take responsibility to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Avoid areas where there are lots of people. Ensure to keep a physical distance of at least two meters from other people. Wash your hands with soap and running water regularly and do not touch your face, eyes and mouth if you have not washed your hands. Take This message is from the Federal Ministry of Health, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control and its partners. Hi there, I'm Lucy Van Olden Barneveld from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. If you're tuned to Cowrie 97.5 FM, then it's time to get serious. COVID-19 or coronavirus is real. So stay away from crowded areas, keep to hygiene rules, and more importantly, listen to and abide by what government tells you to do. If you go to the market, keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands. 
once they make contact, any contact at all, you need to wash your hands. Remember, coronavirus is defiant. It attacks all, big or small. Thanks. I'm glad you've heard my message. I'm Lucy, and I work and live in Canada. We start the reset board in today with a report we've had a number of times on this show. It's Czechoslovakia and how they handled their COVID-19 pandemic. Still to come, Alexis Creel and Pangolins. First, mask for all, Czech style. We have an important message for all of you, especially if you live in a country that is right now facing the new coronavirus. The pandemic is growing exponentially in many countries. But the Czech Republic is one of the few in Europe that has significantly slowed down the spread of the virus. In this video, we would like to tell you what we did differently. And mainly, we would like to help you to do the same. We are following social distancing and the rules stay at home. But others do that too. We also have a strict hygienic procedures. Others do that as well. But the main difference is everyone who has to leave their house has to wear a face mask. Everyone. I know. They may be told you that masks wouldn't protect you, but there are studies proving that even a homemade mask can be partially protective. Partially. Any protection is essential today. But now the more important thing. Masks fundamentally prevent the transmission from you to others by sneezing, coughing, but also breathing. And many people are the most contagious before they start showing symptoms. So when we both have a face mask, I protect you you protect me, and we are both safe. Based on recent data, we know that population-wide use of masks is essential for suppression of the outbreak. According to our professional experience, a simple homemade mask can prevent up to 100% of the spread of potentially infected microdroplets. The more people use masks, the less virus can be distributed and fewer individuals are exposed. Just a few days ago, people were laughing at those who wore masks. But some people knew about this positive effect and started to share this information across social media. The message grew fast through artists, influencers and others. I know, face masks aren't in stores, right? But something incredible happened. People started making homemade masks and giving them to others for free. Many companies, theaters, or even retirement houses changed their buildings into sewing rooms. And thousands of people started to sew masks at home. So we know that face masks work, and it has been repeatedly confirmed by scientists. We know that it is possible in just three days to provide face masks for 10 million people in one country. And we know that here we have fundamentally repressed the infection. Please share this knowledge and help us to change as many countries as possible. Take a picture with your face mask on and share it with the hashtag masks for all. It can really save lives. And remember, I protect you, you protect me. The Czech example of how to contain a pandemic, you protect me, 
I protect you. Very simple logic. And this is hard for people to understand. I wonder. Do not go anywhere. They are not wearing a mask. And shut your door to anybody who is not wearing a mask. Better still, just shut that door completely. Don't let them in. And now let's meet Alexis Creel. The subject is Pangolin and the Chinese connection. Conservationists have been divided on how to interpret China's announcement that pangolins are now Class A in the protection list. The pessimists argue that the Chinese decision is not far-reaching enough as it still lists pangolin scales in traditional Chinese medicine, TCM. However, groups like the China Biodiversity Conservation and Green Development Foundation, CBCGDF, is very upbeat and see it as a positive one which can be improved upon in the interest of pangolins. Alexis Creel joins us now from South Africa to talk about the outcomes from the campaign to save pangolins, the link they have with cultures, the new coronavirus, plus more. Good day to you, Willie Thomas, and hello to your listeners on the reset button. I'm an avid listener to these conversations that open up conservation dynamics that affect humanity. Now, what is the situation with pangolin scales? Officially, China allows 60 tons of pangolin scales to come into the country. Is this likely going to end? Are we expecting China to officially ban pangolin scales in traditional medicine? A few days after China upgraded pangolins to the highest level of protection as a status one animal, they published their 2020 list of pharmacopoeia ingredients for traditional medicine, and pangolins were absent from the list for the first time. And this was international cause for celebration. However, it evolved in conversations going forwards that their patented medicines had still not been published and that uh, pangolins could very well be an ingredient um, that continued in patented medicines. Our colleagues in China at the China Biodiversity and Conservation Green Development Foundation, Dr. Jinfeng Zhao, who's the Secretary General, has been very specific in declaring that the changes are fundamental and that any loopholes going forwards will be tackled. Pangolin skills are believed to cure ailments, cancer, asthma. That's according to Chinese traditional medicine. But is there any empirical proof that this is so, this is true? Traditional Chinese medicine is a system of medical practice from ancient China, which is more than 2,000 years ago, um, based on empirical knowledge as well as theories and concepts, and they have no scientific equivalence. So evidence-based medicine is a clinical expertise based on the best available clinical evidence from systematic research and has been established as the standard of modern medicine practice for greater efficacy and safety. Traditional Chinese medicine too has to demonstrate its efficacy and safety 
by producing high-level evidence in accordance with evidence-based medicine. Are we to expect uh, a downward trend in poaching and trafficking as a result of uh, this new decision by China? We believe that this is an historic time in the illegal trade of pangolins and pangolin scales and that while it may take some time for the information to be dispersed through the various different channels back to its source, that the outcomes are going to be very different for the species that's currently sitting at the brink of extinction and that we will be seeing uh, substantial changes to the trade in the next year. It could be that the coronavirus is a blessing in disguise. Alexis, let's look at traditional African beliefs now. For instance, in Yoruba land, southwest Nigeria, the belief is that pangolins offer cure for kleptomania because it's shy and they invoke this shy nature. Well, that's on one side, that may be negative, but on the other side, and this is probably positive, it is taboo for pregnant women to eat pangolin meat. The belief is that the child to be brought to life will be naturally shy. So how do we balance these beliefs and how does the balance help conservation? Willie, the cultural use of pangolins in traditional medicine is a very specialized area. And um, I'm not an expert, but I've definitely interested in it and have looked at it um, over the course of time. Um, for me, the way that I see it is that the energetic value of a pangolin to affect the quality of an unborn child is what is, you know, the content of the medicine. Um, and this is obviously something that can't be scientifically proven and, you know, is considered a belief system. But I have found that there is potential for the cultural belief system to protect the animal as opposed to contribute towards its extinction. So, for example, in vendor in South African province, it's believed that if a pangolin, for example, is killed and the blood of the pangolin falls onto the floor directly, that there'll be a great drought. I don't know the origins of that particular belief system, but if we think of the countless pangolins, I mean the, the butchering that's going on in the name of the illegal trade and its cultural um, connection with drought and the fact that the blood falling on the ground will cause a drought among uh, certain communities would be... Um, you know, would be a source of, 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 of tragic uh, proportions for that particular community. And, 
you know, there, there's not enough correspondence and communication with traditional chiefs who should know about the illegal trade and the way that this mystical animal that has consequence in so many traditions right through Africa is being slaughtered wholesale in, 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 in obviously um, inhumane ways and sold for profit. So I believe that, the, that there should be dialogue with the kings and the cultural heads of traditions that believe that this animal has a significant um, value in the uh, traditional medicine. I, I spoke to a, um, a, one of the kings actually in, or heads in, in, in our um, Venda province, and I showed him the bags of pangolin scales that were being illegally harvested and um, exported out of the country for trade. And he was very shocked and horrified. And, you know, his response to that is that if he came across it in his province, that he would call the police. Again, you know, the, the traditional use outside of China um, has never been a great cause for concern because... Um, it's been sustainable, and we support, you know, the conservation of tradition. In China, it's another story altogether where, you know, the population of China consumes enough pangolins to push it to the brink of extinction, and where we're dealing with, for example, the illegal trade of 97 tons of pangolin scales coming out of Africa destined for China in 2019 alone. It's considered that this is probably only 10% of the illegal trade. So, you know, each different situation has to be considered. Um, certainly, there's no question that if pangolins are extinct, they aren't going to be used in any cultural or traditional medicine at all. Now let's look at pangolin meat now away from pangolin scales. It's savored by the rich uh, in China. Uh, this law of this decision to scale pangolins up, you know, the protection status, what does this mean for the consumption of uh, pangolin meat? In any case, um, is there a possibility that uh, uh, pangolin being fingered as host to the new coronavirus may actually deter people from consuming the meat? The consumption of pangolin meat in China as a delicacy and as a status symbol had already been banned before China upgraded pangolins to the highest protection of a status one animal on a par with a giant panda, but it wasn't being adequately policed. So we have faith and we believe that China, in accordance with its new levels of protection for pangolins, will increase policing and that this species will, will get the protection it deserves as the most poached mammal on the planet. So this week, there was a Zoom conference that was hosted by the Environmental Reporting Collective which is a collaboration of international journalists who report on conservation issues, declared that consumer behavior trends in Vietnam had already changed 
and that over 90% of the Vietnamese people that they interviewed said that they wouldn't consume wildlife going forwards and because of its connection to the coronavirus pandemic. Pangolins were cited as the possible intermediate host of a pathogen that is naturally occurring in various different wildlife that mutated from a possible source, horseshoe bats, in a wildlife market to create a new pathogen, so a mutated pathogen, that crossed over to humans in a zoonotic event. So that was never proven and may never be proven scientifically. But what was proven, without any doubt, was that the potential for pathogens from various different animals to cross over and mutate in a wildlife market is, without a doubt, a potential or possibility going forwards. And that what we're experiencing at the moment is just one design of that. So the possible mutations and the effect that they'll have as viruses or pandemics going forwards is unlimited. Alexis Creel, thank you very much for your time uh, on the Reset Botting. And we're looking forward to uh, great days ahead for the pangolins, probably maybe next year, February, World Pangolin Day. There'll be a big celebration, celebrating freedom for the pangolins. Thank you very much, Alexis. Thanks. Calorie, 97.5 Let's now join Bola Wala Makinde for a wrap-up of events around the world in the last 24 hours. Friday, 26th June 2020. And from our London, United Kingdom studios, this is Kauri 97.5 FM, Newsbeat. I am Bolawala Makinde. Ten aid workers have reportedly been kidnapped in southwestern Niger as they were distributing food in a village. The organization they worked for, Action and Impact Program in the Sahel, said armed men appeared in the village on motorbikes and ordered the aid workers to follow them. The organization said the kidnappers also stole two land cruisers. The militants have stolen several aid agency vehicles for use in attacks. More than 4,000 people have been killed by Islamist forces in the past year. A clean-up has begun in Ivory Coast's main city of Abidjan after floods triggered by torrential rains left streets and houses underwater and at least three people dead. Local residents said three hours of heavy rain on Thursday caused waters to surge by one and a half meters in the space of 30 minutes, forcing some to take refuge on the roofs of buildings. The Ivorian Fire Service is helping with the rescue and clean-up operation. Floods and landslides are common during Abidjan's rainy season, which begins in May and usually lasts until the end of July. Last week, 16 people in the city died after heavy rains prompted mudslides. Reports from Malawi have shown that the country's opposition is claiming victory in the rerun of last year's presidential election, which was held again after allegations of widespread rigging. 
Although official results for Tuesday's poll have not yet been declared by Malawi's Electoral Commission, state broadcaster MBC says opposition leader Lazarus Kachwera is leading with 59% of the vote. It says President Peter Mutharika, who wants a second term, has 38%, while a third candidate who was not regarded as a serious contender, Peter Kuwani, is said to have received less than 2% of votes. Meanwhile, Kachwera supporters are already celebrating what they believe is a historic victory in what will be the first time in sub-Saharan Africa that a flawed election result has been overturned and the opposition has gone on to win power democratically. Praise is also coming from fellow South African opposition figures. A mass grave with the bodies of Islamist militants has reportedly been discovered by Mozambican security forces in the northern Cabo Delgado province during recent operations against insurgents. A press release by the Defense Ministry says it is assumed that the bodies belong to insurgents killed by government forces in March when the group first invaded Monsimboa from the beach. The release said in addition to the discovery of the mass grave, soldiers killed six militants and recovered weapons including a firearm, ammunition and medicines. According to photographs and videos published by the Defense Ministry, the insurgents had been dressed in military uniforms. The Deputy Prime Minister of Mauritius, Ivan Colinda Velo, has been sacked after the publication of a report into an alleged corruption scandal. This followed an investigation by the Office of Integrity and Anti-Corruption of the African Development Bank surrounding a project to install four turbines and develop a thermal power plant. But at a press conference on Thursday, Prime Minister Pravin Jugnath described the findings as very serious and wild. He is subsequently reported to have said there was nothing which stated that money was accepted or taken. Kenyan police have killed three people after firing at a crowd that was protesting against the arrest of a motorbike taxi rider for flouting coronavirus restrictions. The first shot killed a 40-year-old man as the taxi riders in the western Lesoth town confronted an officer who was escorting their arrested colleague to a police station. The protesters later stormed the police station and burnt down the house of the commanding officer. More shots were subsequently fired at them, leading to the death of two more protesters. The Inspector General of Police has ordered the immediate arrest and suspension of the officer who was involved in the shooting incident. And finally... The United States House of Representatives has passed a sweeping police reform bill that currently has little prospect of becoming law amid partisan gridlock. The legislation is named after George Floyd, the unarmed black man whose death in police custody last month ignited worldwide protests. The Democratic-controlled chamber voted 236 to 181 for the measure mainly along party lines on Thursday night. The Democratic bill would hold police officers personally liable for damages in lawsuits, ban no-knock warrants often used by police in drug raids, and halt the flow of military surplus equipment to police departments. Meanwhile, U.S. President Donald Trump has threatened to veto the measure, and his fellow Republicans in the Senate are proposing their own less far-reaching bill.
And that has been Kauri 97.5 FM Newsbeat, Friday, 26th June 2020. I am Bola Makinde. And that has been the reset button for today. Remember the rules, stay safe, physical distancing, hand washing, no handshake, learn not to touch your face, wear a mask, body and home hygiene, and you're safe from COVID-19. It's been the Reset Boarding, and I am Willie Thomas in Abelkuta. Good morning. This is Cowrie 97.5 FM, Abelkuta, and I'm Jackie Wilson-Buckley.